Hey, everybody. I hope you know the deal by now. It's Jacob, Eric, Jake, and Liz here broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus. We're live on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Always keep you up to date with the latest UBC sports news, standings, and stories. More awesome news for UBC baseball as their winning streak is now up to nine. They just swept the College of Idaho Yotes in a five-game weekend series. They're up to a 13-7 conference record, 19-17 overall record. And women's softball, in addition, was able to split a weekend series against the Montanians, was it, Eric? Uh, Mon- Montananans. Montananans. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that was the Providence Argonauts. So they've added two more wins to their uh, so-so conference record so far this season. Track and field dominated at home at the UBC Open, and both women's and men's golf had a mixed bag over the weekend. Men teed up in Seattle, and women were stationed at Sonoma State in California. I so, want to talk about baseball. Yes. So, oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. What a weekend. Crazy. UBC baseball, run, they're pumped up right now, right? Past weekend sweep, five in a row. That makes their total now at nine straight wins for this team. I just also want to say um, that's 9-0 and all-time record at Thunderbird Park. Their new stadium. Yes. Um, so, you know, keep 1,000 win percentage at home. Not shabby. Most not dominant shabby. home field advantage in baseball. <laughs> true. Historically, yeah. They've, they've literally never lost it at their home stadium. This weekend, the Thunderbird pitching is what really stepped up, as well as the previously mentioned on last show, Anthony Cusati uh, and Mitch Robinson. Cusati had seven ribbies over the weekend, and Robinson, who hit 412, also posted a 524 on base percentage. Seven hits, six RBIs, and scored three times in the five games. And even though this was at the home fortress, Thunderbird Park, this was the a, impenetrable the home impenetrable fortress of home Thunderbird fortress, Park. Yes. Uh, the first match was actually a makeup for an away game in March. So the Thunderbirds, even though they're at home, they acted as if they were the visitors. Didn't matter. They still were able to get the win. Niall Windler threw an eight-plus inning gem. He was perfect through five innings. Mm-hmm. Just one That's earned my boy run. looking like Johnny Cueto out there. Any Giants fans? Any gi- no, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, just one earned run on a solo home run in the eighth, but which led to Pat Vandenbrink coming in to close for Windler, who had one, he had uh, one on and none out in the ninth. Uh, Jacob, uh, this is a Canadian show, um, <laughs> and the the Jays have not had good memories with Johnny Cueto, so you might want to bag that one in future. It's <laughs> fair enough. Uh, Go with like you know like Aaron Sanchez or Marcus Stroman or some you know some. Be interesting good to see Canadian what they're able boys. to do. Hey, Jays are hot. Congrats to all the Jays fans out there. Doing Congrats good. Justin Smoke, Smoke Show. There we go. Let's go. Vandenbrink, though, was able to strike out the first two batters, and he got Lane of the Yotes to ground out to complete his third save of the season, grabbing the 3-1 win for the Birds. In that first inning, Braden Alman was able to double and then score Mitch Robinson. Jake Lanferman then sacked uh, sacked fly to right field, bringing Kyle McComb. And then in the seventh, Kuzadi hit into a double play, but was able to bring home the third round of the game for the Birds. Yeah, and as I mentioned previously, Windler, definitely the star of this one. Eight-plus innings of work, allowing only one run, seven hits, while striking out six. His third win of the season, great performance from him. Yeah, in in Game 2, College of Idaho, in their first um, technical official road game of this uh, series, uh, they bounced back pretty early, um, put up three innings in the first two frames. Um, looked like maybe the, the magic was over for a little bit, but it, that's not how it ended up. Kuzadi got the T-Birds back on the board then in the bottom of the third with a ribby to right field, cutting the Oats lead down to two. And then in the fifth, Austin Butler started up started off with a stand-up double and then was brought home by, yet again, Mitch Robinson. 
What a, what a week he had. What a week. He actually is leading the Thunderbirds in runs scored, hits, RBIs, home runs, total bases, and walks. <laughs> Not much else he can do, <laughs> really. Yeah. Yeah. Point proven. There you go. Yeah. Point proven. <laughs> Th- Thunderbirds, they're down by one. They could not score in the eighth. Looked like they might be running out of time, but Nuh-uh. as has been the case often so far this year, especially in these last couple of weeks, they were able to rekindle that late-inning magic they've had. Oh, yeah. Kyle Looking Ma- like men's soccer. Oh, yeah, <laughs> those, those uh, late-game comebacks. Yeah, Kyle McComb draws the ninth-inning leadoff walk. Um, Lanferman uh, tries to bunt him over to second, but the throw is not uh, very accurate, and... Um, so he's he uh, he's safe at first, and Kyle McComb scores all the way from first on a bunt, uh, which is always fun. Uh, and the game tied at three there. Um, and then uh, Alman drops the ball to the infield, um, and the Yotes could not turn the double play. Lanferman scored game-winning run from second, and four-three walk-off win. Bit of I'm a little, these, it was a bit of a walk-offs. little league win, but hey, they'll take yeah, it. Yeah, a bunch of fielding errors and right, all that. Right. Um, but I mean, yeah, take it, take it, <laughs> take it, and run. Yeah, and for Game 3, they have a little bit of a different story. Uh, UBC hold on to early 5-0 late lead to barely scrap the win 5-4. And uh, as we mentioned before, Kusadi and Robinson scoring the first on a wheelie grapper. And on the second, had Kusadi back up at a play and seemingly crashed a three-run bump. But he was caught back to the play after the ball being ruled full. No worries for him as he smashed the ball off the left field uh, wall and bringing two and went up on second. Good wherewithal by Kuzadi still being able to hit that double after that callback. He was actually starting to round the bases. The umps had to yeah. kind of come together. And then they decided after a while, because, you know, it's not the MLB. There's no, there's no replay video here. Review. Right, there's no video review. Yeah. They decided to call him back. But great job keeping the at-bat alive and able to make something out of it. Then they tacked on one more in the third. But finally in the sixth, College of Idaho was able to put up three and made things interesting then. Through seven, starter Adam McClellan allowed four runs on seven hits, struck out seven, and he would later end up with his fourth win of the season. The team really had to work to get him that win, though, because with two outs in the ninth, the Yotes managed to load the bases, looking to tie the game, even take the lead. But Ailman got Johnny Highland to ground out, and the Thunderbirds held strong in the ninth. Ailman got his first save of the season, while Kuzati finished two for four with two RBIs, and Nolan Weger was a perfect four for four at the plate as the UBC's designated hitter. It's good to see Weger actually get uh, some ABs because earlier before the series, he wasn't too much of a force in that Thunderbird lineup. Yeah, well, he, he, he certainly turned that around with a um, uh, perfect hitting performance. Um, in, uh, in, game, in the fourth game of the week, um, the second game of the day, um, the uh, Yotes were not able to put up any runs thanks to an incredible pitching performance from James Bradwell. So good to see Bradwell finally, finally yeah. finding a lot of success on the mound. Yeah, um, no, no earned runs, um, uh, five hits given up, but uh, seven strikeouts and no walks issued. Um, and I mean, on the offensive end, it was great. Um, uh, Kuzadi have had an incredible week, um, uh, three RBIs, and Mitch Robinson, uh, Jackson Valk, and Litchell Hirakawa Kao um, all had big hits. Um, just a really all-around good performance from the Thunderbirds in this one. Exactly. 14 hits as a team. Uh, setting an early tone with those four runs scored in the second. And more or less from that point on, it allowed them to coast to that easy win, especially with Bradwell just not allowing base runners, cutting down the walks. And, you know, they had eight wins at that point. Why not make it a perfect nine? Yes, no harm in back-to-back sweeps, and the Thunderbirds were able to pull it off with another come-from-behind win. Uh, This one, Game 5, ended 4-3 to in favor of the Thunderbirds. Again, nine straight wins. 
incredible. Beast mode by yeah. the Thunderbirds. And although Finnegan Duffield struggled to start in the mound for the Birds, it was a great performance in relief by Braden Ailman, who pitched four and a third shutout innings to pick like up Otani. the come, come from he behind He can hit. Wind. He can pitch. What can't Ailman do? <laughs> uh, lose games, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um so, uh, yeah, coming in relief to get the, the win there. Um, College of Idaho uh, was actually up 3-2 um, in the bottom of the fifth. But um, the Thunderbirds uh, tied things up in the fourth um, uh, as Uyghur hit an RBA single. Um, and that was the second hit of the day. Uh, and then when Kuzati singled, uh, UBC took their first lead of the game on Robinson's fifth home run of the season um, over the left center wall. And um, the Thunderbirds scored two runs for two straight innings, um, and that would do it. Between uh, between Kuzadi and Robinson, it was hard to keep the Thunderbirds quiet during their mm-hmm. at bats. They they I were mean, the whole team str- was right. just really really good all exactly. week long, uh, yeah. all weekend long. Strong duo, especially out of those two though. Uh, we mentioned Weir, another strong game, going two for three with a couple RBIs. Valk and Whaley each went two for four. All in all, I mean, this was like sort of a quiet weekend for Valk by his standards. Right, so, I mean, exactly. So, but good to see players like Whaley getting in, Robinson setting the tone for the Thunderbirds offensively, MVP. I think so. After you mentioned those, all of those categories, that you make a name for the UBC baseball, right? Yeah, um, they're actually going to continue their games this Friday, but now starting at three instead of the original six p.m. start, they're going to have a doubleheader Friday, as their schedule recently changed due some due to some predicted inclement weather over the weekend. I mean, there's, there's inclement weather right now. Right now, so yeah, let's, it's let's Vancouver. Let's cross like, our fingers expect? for tomorrow. Um, you should get a dome. And the biggest <laughs> problem, a dome? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Maybe that, a humidor as well, Arizona. <laughs> there much. you go. Um, but the Thunderbirds, the biggest problem isn't really the weather. It's that it's the fact that they're taking on Lewis and Clark, That's a three-time scary. NAIA defending it's champs. a little scary. They have a nine-game winning streak. Mm. Hopefully it gives them a boost going into this, but it's not going to be an easy weekend by any standard. This is going to be, I think, the biggest challenge of the season. Uh, this one and the, the Corbin series that we'll, we'll be covering, those are the two big ones. Um, so, yeah, it's De- going to be pretty important. Definitely a big chance for them to get some really some statement wins right there. Oh, my God. If they if they win a couple games this weekend, that's like they're for real. Boosting they're them in the NAI real. standings too. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, already nine straight wins right. doesn't hurt. Right. <laughs> I mean, the but they are against lower two teams, right? I mean, yeah, but like it doesn't. Right. Like, it always looks good. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Moving on to softball, the team split a four-game road series against the University of Providence last weekend, which meant that while it was good, they picked up a couple of wins. They weren't really able to move up in the standings. They are now ninth in the Cascade Conference with a three and ten record and are six and seventeen overall. In game one, Providence was able to draw some first blood. They had this crazy nine-eight victory in the opening game. The Argos came flying out of the gate, scored five runs in the first, but UBC was able to battle back, tied the game at six in the top of the fourth. Lots of early score, lots of early scoring <laughs> in this hold one. Hold on to your headphones. <laughs> uh, with Sydney hitting then a two-run RBI triple, followed by Claire Eccles bringing, home, bringing uh, Sydney home with a single. Yeah, UBC then took a one-run lead in the top of the six, but Providence's Kylie Gonzalez took the lead right back with a two-run home run in the bottom of the frame. And then, down to their last out, as softball only plays seven-inning games, the Thunderbirds tied it with a bases-loaded walk to send the game to extras. Yeah, and uh, later on, three scoreless extra inning followed before Providence finally broke the deadlock with an RBI double from Hannah Charum sealing the victory for Argos. Yeah, a pretty unfortunate loss um, after they, um, you know, battled um, so hard in this game. Uh, 
Uh, Shailen Ogilvy, uh, four for six, um, always a good showing. Um, uh, Brown and Eccles combined for five, five RBI, so not not a bad game overall, honestly, considering the way the rest of the season's gone. Um, and uh, you know, yeah. it's 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 tough for them to lose games like that because those are the ones that you you want to win if you're in a, in the position that they're in. But I mean, it happens. And thankfully, though, in game two, although Providence was able to jump out to a lead again, though Thunderbirds did come right back with scoring five straight runs spread across the third, fourth, and sixth innings. So it shows a lot of confidence and maturity on their side, being able to bounce back from that game one loss. Yeah, and putting up sustained pressure in uh, consecutive innings rather than just, you know, having a big spot right. um, shows. And, and even when the Argos tried to come back, they managed to cut UBC actually uh, down to a two-run lead, but Thunderbirds were still able to finish and pull through with a 5-3 victory. Yeah, Eccles, once again, with a big game. She hit three for four with two RBIs and two runs scored. Sierra Sherritt also had two RBIs, while Emma Tucson had a heroic performance, not just this game, just the day in general. She threw eight and two-thirds innings in relief in the first game and then immediately after threw a complete game in the second one to get the win. Just That's some crazy. dead ball era softball yeah. slash baseball. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Throwing over 15 innings in a day. That's crazy. Oh, my God. That is, that's insane. Uh, game three and day two of the series began with Providence's Christina George completely shutting down the T-Birds. She threw a no-no. I mean... An absolute no-hitter. What are you going to do? To clinch the victory for the Argonauts. Providence has five wins on the year, and George has been credited with all of them. Well, All of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guess we know who their ace is. <laughs> Cra- yeah, crazy performance from her. Argos didn't need a ton of scoring with the way she was pitching. They got all of... That, that they needed in the fourth inning. Carly Southworth stole home with the bases loaded to grab the first run of the game. Then after a walk loaded the bases once again, Gabrielle Canabias hit a three-run double to stretch the lead further. They added another run in the fifth, and UBC was just unable to get any offense going. They finished the game with more errors than hits, 2-0 to zero in that category. That's, well, nev- that's never the best. I mean, well, when it's a no-hitter, then it's not really a fair comparison. But, I mean, I know. it's still yeah, not great. Still, you can do about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to the game four, the uh, Thunderbirds were able to bounce back in the second game of the day and the final game of the series as they pulled out a 3-2 win in the pitcher's duel to close off the weekend. What was strange about the win, though, is that they got all of their runs in the first inning, mm-hmm. which is bizarre after a no-hitter. You know, like I, you would feel like the momentum. It was kind of a weird week overall for the softball team. A lot of interesting Able to come away with two wins. That's good. Yeah. A lower-ranked opponent, but not bad. I mean, you get mm-hmm. no-hit one game. You get a couple wins. I guess it's so-so mm-hmm. overall. Cindy Brown led off with a walk in that first inning. She then found herself on third base after a couple of wild pitches from Providence. Then, afterwards, Taylor Jones walked, and the two of them executed a double steal with Brown sliding home safe. There's a lot of stealing home happening in this series. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is uh, fun. It's very true. It's very exciting. Yeah. There actually was someone recently in the MLB who did it. Kevin Pillar. That's right. Pilar he uh, stole he home. he singled and then he stole second and then he stole third and then he stole yeah. home in the same sequence in the same at bat. It yeah. was pretty. That was, was pretty. Yeah, cool. that was wild. Got to gotta keep the Blue Jays content <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, yes, C- absolutely. <laughs> Sierra Sherritt then singled home Jones and then scored herself on a fielder's choice soon afterwards. Yeah, um, the Argos did get a run back in the bottom of the first, um, and then after that, that was when the pitchers, pitchers duel really started. Um, uh, UBC would allow one more run um, to the Argos in the bottom of the fifth, but uh, that was all that would 
be allowed, and um, the comeback stopped there. Thunderbirds uh, splitting the series. Yep, first-year pitcher Charlotte Twinstra was the star of this one. She grabbed her first UBC victory on a complete game, allowing just three hits. Sherritt hit three for three with an RBI on a run scored, while Brown also had a big performance. Despite not recording a hit, she stole four bases, which is a UBC <laughs> record. Yeah. <laughs> quite, an inter- quite an interesting box score there from her. Got some speedsters on this softball team, that's mm-hmm. for sure. That's always fun. We're going to take a quick break for ads and PSAs, and we'll be right back with more CITR Sports. You're a member of CITR and Discorder, but are you a true friend? Get a Friends of CITR and Discorder card for $20 for discounts on Commercial Drive at Audio Pile, High Life Records, Mintage, People's Co-op Bookstore, Stormcrow Tavern, The Rio Theater, JQ Clothing Limited, and Bone Rattle Music Limited. Papers and magazines did you regularly read to stay informed and to understand the I've world? read most of them, again, with a great appreciation for the press, for the media. But like, what coming, specifically? Um, all of them. Want to know more than Sarah Palin? Join CITR's Current Affairs Coordinator, Alex DeBoer, every Tuesday from 4 to 5 p.m. in room 2514 in the AMS Nest to learn best practices for covering local current affairs topics for radio. The weekly training sessions will cover writing for radio, determining newsworthiness, media ethics, interviewing, writing balanced stories, and more. With the conference championship approaching in both men's and women's golf, um, both teams attended one final invitational on the season to prepare. The upcoming AII, that is Association of Independent Institutions, um, conference championship will be UBC's last um, because they got accepted into the Cascadia Collegiate Conference, um, which will mean a lot less travel, a lot more, you know, local opponents, which will always be fun. Um, and that's, um, that'll be their ticket. This will be their last opportunity to play in the AII conference championship. And that's their ticket to nationals this year. So, uh, hopefully things go well. Uh, unfortunately they did kind of struggle. Well, I mean, it's th- these tournaments don't really matter all that much. Right. Uh, <laughs> the Red Hawk Invitational in Seattle, the men's team was struggling a bit and they can, would continue similar to last week. The Thunderbirds had one good round, but it wasn't really enough to place as they finished 17th in the tournament. Yeah, the third round was 14 strokes better than their first, but, well, that sounds good, but still no one made par with Andrew Harrison's 1 over 72, the best score of the final day. Harrison, in fact, was the only UBC golfer to finish at par throughout the tournament. He had an even 71 in the opening round. All other members of the Thunderbirds golf team shot their best rounds on day three, but they were still all over par, unfortunately. Yeah, and after that, Thunderbirds will have like a quick one-month break before returning to action in Phoenix for the AII Championship on May the 1st and the 2nd. Yeah. I can't imagine like a one-month break. is just so long. Well, I know I mean, it's golf. They're gonna, well, it's not like they're going to not be playing any golf for a month. Right. They're just not going to be playing any official golf. Tournaments, They'll hang right. out at the, the golf course that's about you know a five-minute bus ride away yeah. from here. Paxton, keep yeah. it up. For sure. Uh, the women's team... Um, had two straight first place finishes, but then a disappointing finish at Red Rocks. Um, uh, so um, that sort of disappointment kind of continued a little bit. Sadly, they started off very poorly at the um, Foxdale Golf Club. 
uh, in Sonoma, uh, but improved their first round score by nine strokes to finish eighth overall at the Sonoma Spring Inter- State Spring Invitational. That's not bad. It's a mouthful. Sonoma it, State Spring. A lot of alliteration going on yeah, there. <laughs> I, 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 I tripped on that a little bit. <laughs> uh, yeah, Monday, the Thunderbirds shot 333 collectively. What this means is they were actually 34 strokes off of the lead. Not too great. 324, though, on Tuesday did see them jump up from 10th to 8th. And we're just five, or just rather nine strokes out of fifth place, as all five Thunderbirds golfers had their best round of the tournament. Yeah, and they couldn't unfortunately make up that lead. Um, it would have been nice to see them get a high finish um, before uh, heading to this conference championship, but they'll put in a lot of work over the next month or so. Headed yep. out to that same Phoenix. Yep. Got a lot of time to prepare. Hopefully, exactly. can have a good showing in May. Yes, sir. Yeah. It would be nice to see them finish well in their last ever uh, AIA conference championship before right. they move on to Cascadia. Um, yeah, and after that, we're moving on to some track and field. After three months of competing in indoor competitions, the UBC Thunderbirds finally had their chance to hold a UBC Open last weekend for track and field. With their excellent performance against the 15 teams from the Cascadia region, aka the Northwest. Cascadia region. Cascadia. That's okay. yeah. I'm sorry. The Tubers guaranteed themselves a spot in the upcoming NAI championships in May. Nice. Yeah, and this time UBC had a great result from the tournament. Uh, 23 UBC athletes actually took to the podium, including Candace Schultz, who placed fourth in the men's decathlon de- with uh, 5,334 points. And followed by that is Heather Bird scored 3,398 points to finish second in the women's um, Heps. Heptathlon. Heptathlon. Only uh, uh, 170 points off the pace. I have an enormous amount of respect for, for anyone who does heptathletes. Mm-hmm. Any, like, Greek-derived word that's more than, like, <laughs> penta. I mean, that's even, just, that's even, just... even three is a lot. Three, right. That's a lot. True. You still got to be good at swimming and biking impressive. and running. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. The way they have to actually exercise and practice for these different types of just like being events. being like really really good at 10 different like completely different <laughs> right. athletic disciplines that's it's so like oh like, i'll just throw the javelin oh next i'm doing hygiene you know like i was never even good at one thing <laughs> <laughs> uh, schultz also finished first in both men's 100 meters and 400 meters whereas burt's topped the women's in 100 meter hurdles also with a record of 14.33 seconds schultz punched his ticket to the naia championships in the 110-meter hurdles, along with teammate Bogdan Pavel, who finished second at 14.45. Nice to get a one and two in there. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. On the women's side, Jessica Williams and Natalia Hawthorne stood out from the pack. Hawthorne finished first with a time of 2 minutes, 10.58 seconds in the 800-meter race. And Williams won the 400-meter hurdles with a time of 1 minute, 1.8 seconds. And together, they will head to the NIA, NAIA championships as well alongside Nicholas Simons, who placed second in the 800 meters at, with a time of 2 minutes, 11.06 seconds. Yeah, and uh, besides, UBC also saw some excellent long-distance performance as they took home the f- top five at a man's uh, 15th uh, All top five. All top five. That's dominant. Yeah, and uh, other than that, the men's trio saw 5,000 meters, including Alger Leon, Kenny Ho, and Nathan Donnie, who claimed themselves a spot in the eight. In the A, and uh, other than that, in a men's uh, um, ten thousand meter run, it's Anand O and Madeline Brown who finished second and third, good enough to push themselves to the NAIA finals. The Thunderbirds will travel to Western Washington for the quad meet on April sixth, which will be good practice to to prepare themselves for their home UBC, and this is literally what's called UBC, UBC High Performance Meet. 
on April 25th. It's a very literal name. Yes. <laughs> I guess they got to perform well with a, with a name <laughs> like that. We are good at this. Just, just saying. Um, we actually mentioned last week, um, big congratulations to Connor Morgan and Grant Connor. Shepard. Um, <laughs> Captain Connor, I like that. Yeah. Um, uh, they both um, got selected to Canada's national basketball team at the Commonwealth Games in Australia, which um, actually got underway yesterday. And as teams continue to be announced, we actually learned a few more Thunderbirds will be suiting up in the red and white over the next 10 days. UBC will send fullback Andrew Coe to Gold Coast, where he will suit up for Canada alongside T-Bird alums Harry Jones, who is a veteran fly half. And four Thunderbirds will be swimming for Team Canada. We have Olympians Erica, Ho- Erica Seltonreich-Hodgson, Marcus Thormeyer, and Yuri the Missile Kissel, as well as Josiah Binema, all four of whom were big uh, players in the convincing national championship win earlier this year. Yeah, and both Sultan Wright Hodgson and Kissel competed at the 2014 Commonwealth Games. Those were in Glasgow, Scotland, and they both came very close to the podium then. Hopefully. Predictions? Uh, I mean. I say Sultan Wright Hodgson silver, Yuri gets bronze. It's hard, right. it's hard to bet against Thunderbird <laughs> swimmers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they've been so dominant this year. Right. Um, no current Thunderbirds on the uh, field hockey rosters, but um, if you look at the women's field hockey team, it's like literally half former Thunderbirds. <laughs> um, you've got Shanley Johnston, Sarah McManus, Hannah Hahn, Natalie Soroso, Rachel Donahue, Stephen Orlander, Kate Wright, and goaltender Lauren Logish. Uh, that's nine of the 18 players selected to Team Canada. That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that makes sense considering how absolutely dominant women's field hockey has been as of late. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of these are very recent alumni. It's similar. It's a similar situation with men's rugby, to my knowledge as well. A lot of the former uh, or current, I believe there's a few men's rugby UBC players who dominate across North, North America are oh, going yeah. to represent Team Canada as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, all we have for you today. Just um, if uh, we want to take a look at the upcoming, or did you want to mention the yeah, I mean, the team of the year stuff? Yeah. Uh, well, I was mentioning men's rugby. They actually had a forty to thirteen win last week against West Shore RFC, and I was mentioning you that mentioned that so casually that they won forty eight to, to 13. thirteen. Right? No, I mean <laughs> it's it's rather normal at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course they have a few players as well going out to those Commonwealth Games. And for men's volleyball, the, pronounce it for me, Eric, uh, Duvivier. team of the year, <laughs> which, which is just kind of like the best team of the year. In terms uh, of like UBC. In terms of UBC, right. It was mm-hmm. awarded to the uh, men's volleyball team. And Ketarakis, specifically from that team, got the Bus Phillips Award, which is the best male athlete of the year. Kira Van Rijk of women's volleyball was awarded the female rookie of the year for all of UBC athletics. And Kat Kennedy of women's golf was awarded the overall female athlete of the year. Yeah, taking a look at some upcoming sports, we obviously mentioned the um, big series against uh, Lewis Clark in baseball. Softball will face um, College of Idaho, and they actually have three games on one day uh, tomorrow, which is going to be pretty intense. Um, there's the aforementioned. They're taking on the L- Lewis and Clark, you mean, right? Uh, softball. Oh, softball. Softball is taking me, on sorry. College of Idaho. Mm-hmm. Baseball taking on Lewis. Lewis yeah, Lewis they Clark. had to put three games in one day because I think they were shifting around the schedule all because That's, of the weather. Yeah, for Crazy. sure. That's gonna be pretty wild. Yeah, uh, yeah, because <laughs> um, they're they're out there. Um, the softball team plays in Surrey, which mm. is gonna have pretty similar weather to um, here, if not worse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we've got men's rugby again facing another club team. Probably will destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, club team. Sorry, um, Castaway Wanderers RFC of, of Victoria. Um, Rowing, um, Brown Cup, uh, just a few uh, minutes away in Richmond, B.C. 
Um, and that's it for this weekend. I'm looking forward to that baseball series. Baseball series should be That's going to be pretty important. Mm-hmm. I really hope the Thunderbirds can keep some of the momentum going and challenge this Lewis and Clark team. At least I want close games at bare minimum, right? I mean, see that they can see that Bradwell they're starting not... pitcher. See that Ailman. See that players like Kuzadi and Robinson can keep that momentum going well, forward. Well, they were not. They weren't bad. They just had a rough go of it. And I mean, with this with this current home momentum, uh, I think they might actually be able to scrape a win or two, if, um, which I would love to see. If they can get those, that'll set up nicely for the uh, the game CITR will be broadcasting. Yeah, yes. definitely the Corbin series, which happens um, not week this weekend coming, but the one after. Um, April fourteenth, fifteenth. April fourteenth and 15th. pair of double headers. Yes, we will be bringing you both of those double headers um, on on the, that weekend, and it's gonna be pretty fun. Are you are you in with that for me? Or is oh, I am hundred percent. You were there, <laughs> Jacob right. and Eric. We're doing yeah. this. It's gonna be. It's our. It's we're reuniting the volleyball team. Yeah. For, this is actually uh, the first time that CITR will be broadcasting baseball, and next season we hope to have a bit more time. And so we'll hopefully be able to do a few more games. Yeah, it's sort of like a trial run, um, if you want to think of it that way. Um, we're not we're only able to broadcast the one series this year, but we would like to broadcast all of the home games next year, which would be very fun to do. So tune into that, and thank you all for tuning in today to CITR 101.9. Again, tell us what you guys want to see. I am still trying to get Kuzadi on this show. <laughs> I swear it will happen eventually. He's playing hard to get. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's pretty. They're he's, busy right now, right? They're between, busy being between schooling. Yeah. He's training for CITR. I mean, it's also like finals week is coming yeah, up. That's, so. that's the biggest <laughs> thing right now. And then on top of this really intense Lewis and Clark series, it's hard. And then potentially we could be hearing from Grant Shepard a little down the line, too. That'd be fun coming Very off exciting. coming off of his uh, Commonwealth Games. Yeah, it'll right? probably be our final, actually, uh, Thunderbird Eye if we are able to get him on. Yeah, and we'd, we'd love to see you um, guys check out the Commonwealth Games because this is the first time we've sent a men's basketball team, and it's going to be pretty exciting with all you sports players. Let us know what you guys think of these ideas. Uh, you can reach us on Twitter Facebook at CITR Sports or just shoot us an email, as I mentioned before, sports at CITR.ca. Thank you again all so much for listening in. This is probably our third to last Thunderbird Eye, mm-hmm. so get ready. We got... Lots of good stuff coming in the next two weeks. The upcoming show today will be Shoes on a Wire, hosted by Madeline Taylor. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jacob, Jake, Eric, and Liz. Thursdays from 3.30 to 4. Have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.